0: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak your word, that we would hear your word, and that it would bear fruit in our lives all to your honor and glory. And so we pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Would you please be seated? And as you're being seated, if you would turn to Romans chapter 6, read this morning as we continue in our series through the book of Romans. Romans chapter 6. So Bible scholar Don Carson tells of an experience that he had in Germany. He became friends with another man there learning German in the same program that he was in. Carson learned that this other man would regularly make use of the town's red light district. And Carson got to know this man well enough to say to him, You were raised in a Christian home, in a Christian school. You know the God of the Bible does not want you doing that. And the man replied, Ah, God is good. He's bound to forgive us. That's his job. Now see, up to this point in the book of Romans, Paul has gone to great lengths to show that every single human person is guilty before God. But he's also shown that through Jesus, God's grace has been poured out on us. So much so that at the end of chapter 5, it says, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. God's grace just permeates everything and swallows up our sin. And so, the incorrect thinking goes, can't we just keep sinning and not worry about it? I mean, God's bound to forgive us. It's his job, right? If God's grace is so amazing, does does it matter what we do anymore? Unfortunately, this is actually precisely what many in our wider church believe even today. But no, Paul declares. And in doing so, in answering in this way, in rejecting that line of thinking, he points to our baptism. We can't just go on sinning because we've been baptized, he says. We've been united with Jesus himself, so we must repent and turn away from sin. Yes, there is grace and forgiveness when we do sin, and the call here is to turn away from all sin, even the ones we kind of like, Specifically because, as we'll see, because we have been baptized and joined with Jesus. Far from God's grace and our baptism being reason that we can just go on sinning because we're good, we checked the box, Paul actually uses our baptism to show why we must repent and turn away from all sin. He doesn't allow this to be licensed to sin, but he uses it as the very reason we must stop. So this morning, we're going to look specifically at our baptism, seen here in Romans chapter 6, and we're invited to see God's amazing grace to us, and we are called to root out sin in our lives because of these aspects of our baptism. I'm going to give them to you up front and then flesh them out, because as we'll see, our baptism is a bath, it's an execution And it's an adoption. It's a bath, an execution, and an adoption. So first, our baptism is a bath. We turn away from sin because in baptism we have been cleansed. So one of my favorite things I get to do is help prepare people for baptism. And so when I meet with people, especially when I meet with children to prepare them for baptism... I like to ask them, you know, what comes to mind when you think of a lot of water? You know, what's something you do with a bunch of water each day? And sometimes I've had children say, cooking? Absolutely, and there will be food to celebrate your baptism, but we are not going to cook you. What else? A bath. Exactly. See, water is cleansing, and it cleans the dirt and stains off of our bodies. And each one of us needs to have our stains removed. As it says back in chapter 4, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, are wiped away, and whose sins are covered. We talked about this last week, that because of what Jesus does for us, we are actually made innocent. The sin, the the stain of sin is removed. Our sins aren't just ignored or accepted, but they're actually paid for and undone and removed, and we are truly cleaned from them. God, through the death and resurrection of Jesus in our place which we receive in faith, through Jesus, God forgives our sins and cleans us from their stain. First John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As we've seen throughout Romans up to this point, righteousness is a central theme. God is righteous. God is in the right. But we are unrighteous. We are in the wrong. And we need to be cleaned from our unrighteousness. We need to be cleaned up, cleansed, as it says, in First John 1, 9. But wonder of wonders, God has made a way for us to be clean. When Jesus took our sin upon Himself on the cross, when we receive the gift of His grace, when we are joined to Him as our head, we are brought into His world, as we talked about last week. We are made clean from our sin, and the stain is removed. Baptism, the topic of our passage here in Romans 6, symbolizes but also enacts that cleansing. When we trust in Jesus and receive His grace and are baptized into His name, we receive that cleansing that we so desperately need. And baptism makes that cleansing visible. Now, of course, 1 Peter chapter 3 notes very clearly that baptism is not about, quote, a removal of dirt from the body. It's not about the physical bath. Rather, baptism is a sign and an enactment of God's cleansing of our soul through what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And because we are cleansed from sin by Jesus, we can't just keep go on sinning. We've been cleaned up in Jesus. So the call now is to walk in purity and holiness. Baptism is is a spiritual and life-altering bath. Second, baptism is an execution. It's what it is. It's an execution. Sometimes it's hard to see that when we have cute little babies being baptized, but that's the symbol of what's happening. Turn away from sin, Paul says, because in baptism we've been executed and joined with Jesus in his death. So verse 3, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. See, baptism is an execution and a resurrection baptism symbolizes and enacts our union with God himself with Jesus in his death and resurrection and through God's grace we are joined to Jesus and what is his is given to us and our sin is taken upon him we are joined with him so much so that as it says his death becomes our death we are executed with him And as He is raised, so too are we. His life is shared with us, and we are raised up with Him. Baptism symbolizes and enacts His death and resurrection for us. And that executing of drowning in the water and then being raised to new life in Jesus. So I told you I love doing baptismal preparation. One time I remember, and this is partially why, because I have experiences like this, but I remember doing baptismal preparation with a uh, then fifth grade boy. And we talked about this concept of, of union with Jesus. And his eyes lit up. For the first time, he made this connection of being joined with Jesus and this concept of going down in the water, of dying and being executed and coming up to new life. And you could see he got it. And just knowing this boy, he then with an impish look on his face said, maybe we should just leave people down in the water for three days like Jesus was in the grave, and then we'll bring them back up. And I said, great idea. Thank you for offering. But unfortunately, I don't think your parents would be okay with me dunking you in the water and leaving you there for three days. To which, without missing a beat, responded, true, true. But my sister wouldn't mind. (laughs) But see, in baptism, we experience an execution in which the old you, the one controlled by sin and rebellion against God, the you that is in Adam, as we talked about last week, that you is killed. And we're joined to Jesus and raised to new life in Him. And because the old us is killed and we are raised to new life in Jesus, then we must not return again to that slavery in sin. Yes, we will sin again and we must repent and turn back to Jesus. But do not ever let our freedom in Jesus to give us permission to just keep on sinning. We've died to that and we've been raised with Jesus. The baptism is an execution followed by a resurrection to life through our union with Jesus Christ. And third, baptism is an adoption. Turn away from sin because in baptism you have been adopted into God's family. Verse 5 says we have been united with Jesus. And moving ahead in Romans chapter 8, we are assured that we who are united with Jesus, quote, have the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwelling in you. And part of the Holy Spirit's role, that's what we're assured, if we're united with Christ, we have the Holy Spirit in us. And part of the Holy Spirit's work is that He dwells in us, empowers us, and enables us to call God Father. The Holy Spirit in us is proof that we have been adopted into God's family. So It says in Romans chapter 8, "...for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear." but you have received the Spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. God gives us and fills us with His indwelling Holy Spirit. God Himself dwells in us, and that is proof that we have been adopted into God's family. through the process of adopting our daughter about three years ago. Many of you don't know that it was about three years ago. July will be three years. But through that process of adopting our daughter, it's made me ponder my adoption as God's son in a new way. In the adoption process, there is what's known as the family day, or more playfully, the gotcha day. That's the day when it's all official. The paperwork is done, the forms are signed, and now the adoption is made official. Baptism is our gotcha day. It's the day when our adoption into God's family is made formal and official. It's the day when we're invited to the table for the family meal. It's the day that we're given proof that we really do belong to God's family. I'm going to show you a picture. This is what a gotcha day looks like. This is what we witness when we have baptisms, and this is what happened in our baptism. See, in baptism, our adoption is made official. We're welcomed into the family, and we are embraced by our new, loving, heavenly Father. Now, there may be plenty of kicking and screaming on our part, as there certainly was on that day and days following. But this is the day that we are promised that we have been adopted by our Heavenly Father. Now, if this is what a gotcha day looks like, there's another part of it. This other picture. That's her brother. We're adopted by God's grace to us, and God becomes our Father. And we are adopted into the church, and the church becomes our brothers and sisters. That's why in our tradition, no one gets baptized alone. No one lives as a child of God alone. We are baptized into God's family. And this, whether we're in this room or stuck at home right now, this is that family. In baptism through faith, we are welcomed into God's family. And as a part of that family, we should never want to go back to being orphans under the slavery of sin. No, you've been baptized, adopted by God. Don't ever choose to go back to that. Baptism is a bath. It's an execution. And thanks be to God, it's an adoption. And so, Paul says, why in the world... Would you go backwards to the enslavement in sin? In Christ, you have been cleansed. You have been executed with Jesus and raised to new life with Him. And you have been adopted into God's family. Therefore, as it says in verse 12, just following what we read today, therefore, don't let sin reign. Don't present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Since we are in Christ and no longer in Adam, since we are adopted and our place with God is certain, don't smile at sin. Repent and turn away from it. Don't buy into the lie and convince yourself I'm forgiven and so what I do doesn't really matter, right? No, Paul says, you've been baptized. You've been washed. You've been crucified with Christ and adopted into His family. So live that out, and his point here, by turning away from sin. That doesn't mean we will never sin again. But because we are in a new family, We need to do everything that we can to live in righteousness and no longer in sin. That's Paul's specific application here. Because this is true of our baptism in Jesus, because of all of that, root out sin in your life and don't turn back to that enslavement, as he calls it, but live in the freedom of being a beloved child of God. In Christ, everything has changed. We've been cleansed, raised up to new life, and welcomed into His family. So, in light of that, in light of our baptism and God's work on our behalf, let us then live in righteousness and purity and holiness. A bath and execution and an adoption. Amen.